episode and as all episodes it's powered by swan draft the clean lager that supports <laughs> dog talk if only we were sponsored <laughs> although i still feel like i'd refuse to say any ads at the start shout out to you oz actually i was talking to we just launched straight into it i was talking to ducky about this so i was like mate how are these ads you guys run on the on the rain and he's like yeah i get oz to do it because mate i can't read all right <laughs> I gave you no warning for that. In my head, I had this big swan draft spill I was going to do for so long and I got a bit nervous and, and <laughs> forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Literally had written down points about swan draft, but we are powered and sponsored by the Clean Crisp Lager Swan Draft. Enjoy responsibly. Enjoy it responsibly. <laughs> and uh, No, we aren't sponsored, but we're back again this week. Um, obviously a lot more chirp here, which I hope all of our Dockers fans are after the weekend's results. It's good to have you here again, Matt. We missed last week, unfortunately. We ran out of time, obviously, being the number one independent Dockers podcast. We've got other commitments, mostly yeah. you being the doctor. Yeah, I just got weirdly busy. I had to play a game of football, a match of football Thursday night, which is generally our key night. So that robbed, like, between, I don't know, what, 6 p.m. and... <laughs> 9 p.m. or 9:30 or whatever. Yeah, there was no chance last week. No, no. But we are we are back. We've got we're going to touch on. Well, if you want to touch on the Melbourne game, we can. We're obviously yeah. going to go through Been it. it. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna head in. We've got a massive episode, like all episodes. They're all big, yeah. but we're going to go into the big win against Port Adelaide. But before that, we want to touch on our loyal supporters that asked some questions, and we're going to get through them. Yeah, let's do that first. So, thank you very much to the couple of questions that we got. Um, so, Rosie Carrington-Jones, so Jack's, uh, I assume, lovely sister, um, who, and uh, Jack was on, the, on the, the podcast. Looks like she's hanging out with a horse in her profile pic, which is pretty sweet. Mm. I'm a big horse man. Oh, whip um, him. Worth it. <laughs> um, so, she said, hey guys, happy to say you have a new fan of li- listening to you talk to my brother Jack. Um, she's always uh, thought Lockie Neal is one of the most underrated players in the AFL. It's hard to stand out when you're sharing the midfield with Fife. And however, Fife is out for a few weeks, so is this Lockie's time to shine? And or should the coaches be working with Lockie to see if there's even more untapped talent slash potential? Um, well, I think that's pretty fair. I think he's starting to get recognition now. Um, ever since he had that um, possession record-breaking season in 2016 when he got like he broke the most possessions in a season and then the next year Tom Mitchell broke it again yeah. I think everyone realised he was a ball pig um, and then he's gone forward and kicked goals and done some really good things he just finds the footy heaps I don't yeah. know. what do you reckon? well I had him when the question came up he is very underrated and we always you always look over players like him because he's so consistent yeah He's just that. No, he's rated fifteenth in overall players rating, which is just incredible. Like for anyone to get up within the top twenty, I know he's probably dropped down. He used to be. I I thought he was in top ten. Well, I think um, they they rank those on a lot of stats, and no matter how yeah. he plays in terms of flashiness, he always racks up the stats. Like so. Yeah. I mean, before jumping into this weekend, I was having a look at the disposals, um, and I don't know what it was ranked on. Um, uh, but I was like looking down and then a quick disposals, Lockie Neal jumped straight to the top, had the most on the ground, 33. And I was like, yeah. you wouldn't have been like, okay, Lockie Neal tore that game apart, but he still had 33 touches, four marks, you know, um, only one tackle, which is a bit weird, but um, but he still racks up the footy. One um, thing he's starting to, um, his clearance work is probably the biggest standout for this year. The amount of clean clearances he wins, especially out of the centre bounce, um, you see him 
two, three times a game where he seems to get on the end of it and he's like streaking forward. Um, like the, Reed's like play. the, Rich, the Richmond um, final play last year where he hundred percent steamed out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's just everything he lacks in size and height, he makes up in smarts and and everything else. Good I just goal think, sense as well, I think, Lucky Neil. Good goal yeah. sense. I don't know what he could do um, maybe with Fife out. I don't, it'd be interesting to play him up forward. He might be a hard matchup, like to rest down forward like a Fife might be. Yeah, I'd say uh, that's a tough thing because of his size. Because Fife's huge Yeah. and he's so good overhead, um, he's an obvious like chuck him forward. I don't know. I think Lockie Neal's best position is just like 80% midfield, 20% forward. Send him forward mm. if he's a bit injured type thing. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I mean, if he was struggling to find the footy, not that he ever has, um, maybe his presence around in the back line would be good. But I think their backs are pretty set. So, I don't know. Interesting question. I don't know where they'd find this untapped potential because I think he's doing it at the moment. Um, I mean, 30, 33 touches. He probably averages that. Um, this year, even though you wouldn't say he's been like easily our best player or anything like that, it's pretty. Mm. He gets a lot of points. You'd, you'd say like a good midfielder like that go untaps the potential, kicks and goals, but he's also already he sneaks up and he slots one or two. Goals, or, yeah. So it's like he's he's very dangerous. Hard. You need to watch him when he goes forward. He yeah. often gets that lead up. He kicks a set shot. Um, so, yeah, he's been yeah. really good this season. So I don't know where the untapped potential is, but if there is some, um, that's that's going to be awesome. Um, so, Talk, talk's dumbfounded to try find some extra potential. Yeah, no, just leave him ball pigging <laughs> in there. Um, all right, so Sean Pillar um, has also asked, are you guys on the SAP Ross train or Carl Langdon stick with the course? So you have been hitting me up a lot over text and over podcast being like, Juddy, when are you going to turn on Ross? <laughs> have you, a little you, bit. Have you purposely been doing that or have you just been testing me, testing the waters? No, well, I was baiting you when we did the crisis app yeah. and a, a question I did ask was what happens if we go to Darwin, lose by 10 goals and only kick eight? And that was pretty... And then we go and we lose by nine and I think we kicked eight. Yeah, probably. So it's like, does the simmer come to a boil? I, I've never been in the, I think, at all times during, if you've got a coach, if there's a better option, you should always consider it. Just because you're losing, it's probably not time just to sack the coach. Yeah. There always need to be, you know, if there's something better out there, which at the time, for you know, there isn't anything better out there. So what's, you know, there has to be a benefit from doing something drastic like that. So I'm always, I don't know. I agree. If, I think I think you're you're right. If there's a better coach that'll do a better job, grab him. I think often what happens is a very complex set of circumstances go into how a team does in any one week or in any one season, including list management, injuries, um, players coming in and out for selection, player uh, form, um, assistant coaches, like, and then coaching moves and coaching stuff like that as well. And I think what happens is it always just, the coach is just the, the lead singer and if the band plays shit, the coach cops all of the heat. Like no one ever blames yeah. the drummer for a bad set. <laughs> However, whether they're wholly responsible, they are at least um, a, a fair chunk responsible. But I feel like us dishing up a, a bag of shit against Brisbane, like... Uh, what coaching move could Ross Lyon have done on the day to change that? Preparation-wise, there are a number of things. He, he, like if they weren't motivated, like they've done something different, blah, 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 which I think is what they came up with. But it's like, I, I think people give too much blame and put too much responsibility on an individual performance onto the coach. Like suddenly it's just the coach's fault if some player misses a goal. And I think yeah. it's just ridiculous. And and there's no real person putting their hand up to take over that I'd be like, yes, yeah, sweet, get that person in. Um, if it was like a Clarkson or a Paul Ruse or whatever, then that's a no-brainer, I think. But yeah. to just get like, you know, Scott Waters in or like some random dude 
I think it'd just be foolhardy, and particularly the position we're in, where he's signed up, contracted for two more years, and it would ruin our soft cap um, in the football department. Like we'd have to pay him out, and all that money would still go onto our cap. So it'd almost be like you're paying out someone's contract, even though they're not playing for you, and you can't get like it'd just it'd just be a, a bad business decision as well. So I'm happy to to reserve my judgment of Ross Lyon until at least the end of next year. Um, and if we improve like a good step forward next year, then I'll reserve it properly for 2020. And I think we'd have to have an enormously obvious excuse to not be playing finals in 2020, given the list progression that we're getting and yep. the list age. So I think, and I think yeah. you, when it goes, these comments go week to week and then you, this is a great segue for us to jump into the port game. Well, yeah, you turn, exactly. You turn around, you turn around from stuff like that, and then we just and suddenly, suddenly, it. yep, Rosslyn's good, blah blah blah. Or they can they can attack something else about him. But I think a lot of people just make up their mind and then try and fit the circumstances to how they've made their mind up, rather than the other way yeah. around. So a lot of people don't like him, have all these set things in their mind. Um, Ducky Sword or one of them, but I think he's a realist as well. But like, you know, okay, we grind out this win and then people are like, oh, they didn't score enough, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, yes and no. Um, we didn't score enough, but is it Ross Lyon's fault that we missed, you know, however many from the top of the goal square? We're dropping marks in the goal square, you know, spuds are running in and, and, and absolutely missing it. Like, we could have kicked 40 more points with the goals that we missed. <laughs> so, I don't know. I Like, it's hard. But anyway... Should we have a chat about we're, the court game? We are, bottom line, we're both on board to see what he can do next year. But let's dive into the... Yeah, we're both, lovely... both going to reserve our Ross Lyon judgment until at least next year. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> let's leave Ross Lyon bashing slash crashing there. Um, all right, so the boys got up. Were you at the game? I went up to the game and I... I was so adamant that we would get up. I did tell everyone that we'd get up by 10 goals. Okay. They're like, oh, you're going up this weekend. You're going up. I was like, I'm going up and watch the Dockers, mate. We're going to get up by 10 goals. Yeah. But and you'd cop and heat, were you, from the tradies on site? I was, I was dead set. I was, like, very excited to see it. Port Adelaide are also a good team. I like watching Port Adelaide. They've got a lot of players I like. And you're a member. You've got to go up and you've got to stick with it. And I feel like perseverance paid off. Got to see the boys get up. Yeah, I, I think people... Like, I can sort of understand people not wanting to go and watch us get pumped, but it's also like, if you're a Freya supporter and you have been for a while, why wouldn't you go watch them? Like, that's why you pay the money to go watch them. I love watching live footy. Like, I feel like you can see so much more of the game unfolding, whereas the people that just see the, the TV screen, like the four metres that the TV gives you, they never zoom out, they never give you any idea of what's happening, or barely ever... It's really good to appreciate where the players are standing and what they've got, what they're looking at. Yeah, head into the head into that massive scoreline, Juddy. Feed it to us. Oh yeah. So, so in a shootout of epic proportions. On an epic Sunday afternoon in Perth. <laughs> eight goals, eleven fifty-nine to seven eight fifty. We've done it. We've kept the total match points to under one hundred and ten. <laughs> Uh, uh, I got two. I got two facts for you for yeah. this game. At quarter time, my brother put twenty dollars on overall score to be under. I think one hundred twenty points or one hundred thirty points. Put twenty dollars on it, paying yeah. paying a dollar ninety like it does. After we won the second quarter, that was the first quarter that we won in ten quarters. I yeah. think. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And we kicked seven behinds. We had, yeah, we didn't get a goal in the quarter. Luckily, the other team but didn't But we still either. won it. Yeah, we sure did. Um, yeah, it's a bit rough, isn't it? We've had a rough two weeks. <clears throat> it was, from the stats perspective and the game perspective, um, we were a lot more in it and a lot more up and about, and there were so many more positive sides in the scoreboard. Well, like we were saying, like when you were baiting me about if we get flogged by the Ds, I think... The way you play 
and more specifically the effort you, you that a, the visible effort that the players play with is a far better yardstick to how people will respond to a game um, than just the scoreboard. The scoreboard having a win's great, but you can have those wins like we we've beaten teams before by like a goal. We're like, good god, that was not a good feeling win. And then you can have those, you know, like two goal losses or one goal loss, like when we lost in Geelong last year. We were like, we actually played really well and we were unlucky to lose. Like, we're relatively happy, although we wanted to win. Yeah. The effort was there. Um, And it was just execution, conditions, uh, some players. (laughs) But but I think the overall effort of the team and by a core group led by youngsters um, was really good. So it was really pleasing, the effort and the scoreline and... Uh, sorry, not the scoreline, but the the win. Um, you know the the contribution from the young kids. Blah blah blah. Oh, the at the ground watching the it, they brought we brought them down to. I think Port Adelaide were a little bit off, and they suffered from a few injuries and stuff like that. But the boys weren't giving them the effort that was throughout. You cannot you cannot question that, especially the back six. I think we. Again, we suffered from a bit of poor entry inside forward, um, a bit slow to move the ball. But every time they went for a quick, like a rebound from fifty, it was relentless. The pressure, and they weren't giving they weren't giving anything up throughout the whole game. And the way they grounded out and just found a way to win, which yeah. I think at times is more important than you know. You go out there hoping to play a certain style, and you want to win in a certain way. But to also find a way to win and to grind it out the way they did, you know, like, whatever, we're in this against the top four team. We're going to, you know, we might not get everything going forward. We might not get that right. We might do that. But, you know, we're going to grind this out for four quarters. And if you're going to beat us, then you're going to have to bring, you know, your ultimate best. And I don't think Port Adelaide did, which is probably, I think that's great. Um, Well, we made a top four side not play very good. Um some people will knock us for that, but I think it's not the worst thing. And if you look at the raw figures of Port, it's not like they had all their top players down. Wines had 30, Pal Pepper had 28, um, Polek had 26, Rockcliffe had 25, Wingard 24, and those two goals. Boat kicked a, go- uh, yeah, a goal and had 22. Uh, they had a lot of players. Obviously, they, they missed um, Ryder and Gray. Um yeah with injuries probably cray we can talk about later yeah we will um but um like that's not really well i was gonna say that's not really our fault one of them was but (laughs) (laughs) but but i know like we've got those guys playing against Lockie neil and mundy and then langdon who's in his like third or fourth year luke ryan um stefan giro bailey banfield adam cheerer brennan cox um Ethan Hughes, you know, bloody Sheridan in Sutcliffe. Like, we had to have those good players of theirs matching up against our young kids, more or less, with a few cameos by um, more senior players. I think it was a great result. <laughs> if you look Absolutely. at the list. <laughs> um, I think at the end, Cheryl and Banfield had 17, 18 tackles between them. Yeah, Giro had six and Banfield had nine and Chera had eight. <laughs> Which is a, a, a massive effort. Yeah. And I mean, Pal Pepper in the first quarter was on another level. Beasting us, he, yeah. Yeah, that little bold head running around. Straight out of prison. Of string. Um, to Aryan turn that around. Type thing. <laughs> yeah, was, was Luke Ryan was, he was phenomenal unreal. down back. Yeah, yeah, he was unreal. Um, and Langdon again uh, was relentless. I suppose people... Looking at an eight-goal scoreline, there's a lot of questions and talk about Cox and McCarthy returning. Interested yeah. on your thoughts on McCarthy only picking oh, up four disposals man. for the game. I think he was brought back prematurely, maybe because of the Melbourne and Brisbane games. They were like, well, let's throw this around. But I think he was he should go down, get confidence, kick two or three goals in a game twice or three times and then come back into the side. Not, you know, he had like 10 touches last week in Waffle. It's like, well, what did you expect him to do? Come up in AFL and have 20? Like, 
Yeah. You can't even get, you know, more than 10 touches at a low level, let alone coming up to AFL. So I don't know what the reasoning there was. Um, but I think Cox, he's just become dead eye dick. Like, it's awesome to have him up forward. He's sort of... He, he's, at the moment, for the last few weeks, without putting the, the mickey on him, like, he's sort of how when you when Pav used to take a mark and go back, you're like, I'm relatively confident this is going to be a goal. Yeah. Whereas I, where there's not haven't been too many players since Pav where we've been like, yeah, sweet, maybe Mundy, but Mundy doesn't get that many shots on goal. Um, where you're like, yeah, sweet, this person is a good chance. One thing that I thought was was pleasant up forward with McCarthy and Cox. After we kicked all those behinds in a row and scoreboard pressure built up, Cox was the one that broke the from a set shot as yeah. well. He went yeah. he, he he went back, he's got all that, you know, there's obviously a lot of massive amounts of pressure regardless when you're taking a kick, but after seven behinds, that disappointing second quarter, you're like oh. went back and went bang. Yeah, and he kicked it. And also McCarthy got the free kick, but he still kicked his set shot. So he yeah. kicked one. He, he likes kicked that one spot. goal, um, he, which I think yeah. you know deserves. That's fantastic. I think. Like yeah. It's, At least he he's got. He's it. been dropped. He gets brought back into the team, playing against you know, and he goes back and he slots it. And yeah. best, I think my favorite thing was after he kicked the goal, not a big celebration, just walks off, high fives, and. You know, it seems to me he's just ready to get down. I, I really, I, I like McCarthy. I think drop him, don't drop him, get his confidence up, and I think play him. Yeah, like I, I think people that want to judge him already um, are a little bit short-sighted or at least poorly informed as to what he was going to bring. Like, yeah, we tried to get him over, blah, 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 but we weren't trying to get him over as Buddy Franklin. Like no. we're getting him over as just a medium to tall forward option, um, because no one else would come over, and he wanted to come back. So I don't know. I think people are very quick to jump on any recruit as like, haha, he sucks because he's not killing it at the moment. Whereas the guy's probably still got plenty more years to come, and as long as he keeps working and improving and keeps off the meth pipe. I think he'll be pretty good. <laughs> I think he is relentless. Um, I also seen him it, it, oh, tough playing in that forward line and with that ball movement as well. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, he was he was hitting up. Um, he needs to learn to to lead behind, like Cox or something. Yeah, he, I just think it's so harsh. We're very harsh on what we're, our expectations for him is. Yeah. Um, but I, I, like I said to you after the game, you should just play him at Cox. And if they lead up and they're a 50-50, just jam it down their throat. Just just put it there. Yeah. Mate, what are you up to at the moment? You're bloody rustling around. <laughs> I just get fired up over everyone bagging out poor catfish. A lot of rustling going on. Um, um, should we move on? Yeah, let's move win? on. Let, good, good win in the end, I think, is both of our sentiments. And really good games by the young kids. Banfield, Jaro, Luke Ryan, Langdon, Chera, um, Cox, Darcy, I thought. 33 hitouts is pretty good. Um, a lot of them probably after Ryder went down, but yeah. Um, all right, so we have a punt this week? Yeah, well, we did have a punt back. Oh, this is going yeah, we, back. yeah, we both lost. I've... I got on the Bombers and yeah. you got on Adelaide. They both got pumped. Yeah, Adelaide got yeah. Richmond pretty good, although Richmond three and none away from home. Yeah, but lucky, uh, lucky they're playing away in Melbourne this weekend against yeah the Which, mighty Saints. Um, all right, I I have one in mind, but do you have one that you're thinking of? Uh, nah, not after it's been a bad year for roughies for me. Probably. No. I'll, like, bite, I'll bite the bullet. I'm going to go Ruse over Collingwood. I reckon Collingwood are like are softening because of their injuries and they're probably um, vulnerable and Ruse aren't that bad and they're $2.45. <coughs> Ruse are unlucky to lose to Sydney. Yeah, they were. Good game. I was probably going to, just for the supporters of Dork Talk who have hung around for this long um, in the episode, going to get up the mighty Bulldogs. 
Yeah, the mighty bulldogs. How is that for the dog talkers? Dorkers. <laughs> Who are the dogs playing? The Eagles. Ah, oh, yeah, they are too. I'd like that. They're not going to win in Perth. I'll, gi- <laughs> I'll give you the red hot. At seven dollars. Yeah, okay, you got to remember the, the bigger the odds, the bigger the roughy win. Mate, I am got... I am watching do- the Dockers play Essendon live this weekend at Eddie Had. So four dollars seventy five for Juddy. <sighs> With my new ja- with my new jacket from China on. The Dockers haven't got up too much this year for Juddy. No. Well, how many times have I watched them? Twice. Got ah, Essendon, Essendon good, though. The last time I saw them win was against Essendon. Yeah, at home. That was a good win, but yeah. Essendon are on the rise. I don't know. I'll get around the ruse. And you're, and you're getting around North Melbourne. Yes. You can record that. Bulldogs. No, I'm writing it down. All right, should we talk about some crazy rumour sources that we've uh, heard over the years? I think... the way, So the way this came about was we were talking about um, how all these rumours come out about players particularly coming to Perth, but, um, but like, the source is always some really circumstantial thing, so... Number one and probably one of my favourites was back when Brendan Goddard was sort of a free agent or looking to move, and um, and we were like, oh, it'd be sweet to get Goddard. Uh, and uh, somebody somewhere was like, oh, a, a, a new member at Royal Perth called B Goddard has applied, <laughs> and we were all locking it in. <laughs> he probably didn't even play golf. I think he's a huge golf man. <laughs> um, it was probably like Brenda Goddard or something. Oh man, the latest Billy one Goddard. with with old uh, buttery McMuffin hands <laughs> with McGovern. <laughs> yeah, buttery McMuffin. So Jeremy McGovern, you mean? Yeah, buttery McMuffin. So how all the apparently the media were talking to some Frio players, or both unnamed, the media and the Frio players, saying the Frio players have spoken to him and are extremely confident he's coming to Frio. Like, that's almost, quote, how it read. Um, so, well, my source comes from my old man, okay. who ate at a... He, it's his second time eating at this restaurant, and the restaurant owner, his best mate, oh, is a... Is an agent. An agent? What's that got to do with anything? A player's agent. Like a He's an Asian for the players. No, hey, agent. <laughs> player's agent. He could be Asian. He could be Asian for all we know. Yeah, agents can still be agents. And he's like so obviously whatever he knows, whatever, he's telling my dad whatever. And dad's like ninety five percent done. Deal is ninety five percent done. I was yeah. like, Whoa I was like probably not <laughs> no it's probably not is it um so the mcgovern one's pretty good what about mitch mcgovern so uh, this was more I, mean, I think this ended up being true but it was like a guy we know from from the uni footy club in perth called jake colvin apparently played at claremont with mitch mcgovern they're about the same age um and um said that McGovern was offered like 700 grand a year by Freo or something ridiculous. <laughs> but in the end, that sort of came out as, as true. Um, I think it was admitted that we offered him quite a lot of money to come over. But I just love the, the four degrees of separation that all these rumours have. The final one, both of them are about Hogan. So I'll go through one of them and then you can tell us the other one. <laughs> so the first one was when Hogan bought that house in Perth. And everyone was like, lock, like there was photos of him in front of a sale sign. They're like, lock it in, he's coming. He's just buying some real estate. And then the second one was through friends of friends. So can you talk us through this one, Monkey? What was... Your mate's... So <laughs> your mate's sister was friends with his sister or something? Pretty sure no, it was you. No, it was... Well, the only... The Hogan one came from... He went out with a friend's twin sister. That's right, yeah. Um, but she was always... he. No, she said he was definitely coming home. Yeah, and then after the deal, you asked her again. She was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. Nah. He said, no, nah, not anymore. <laughs> so we're like, mate, you suck. 
Yeah, yeah there's a lot of screenshots getting around that week because yeah, I was texting her. Definitely was, wasn't there? <laughs> Dork Talk's always trying to put its finger on the pulse. Yeah, or in the pie. Um, in the pie. One of us might be a doctor, but we sometimes miss the pulse. Yes, exactly. Um, but there are a few good rumour sources. If anyone has any good ones... Um, Give us a shout out, give us a comment or a, a, a message or post it on the, the Dork Talk wall. We're happy to talk or about just, it. Or just leak it to us because we don't. We never went to uni and did the, um, what's the unit where you're, ethics? Oh, business ethics. Yeah, yeah we never like did that business guy from ethics. Billy Madison, like we'd never be able to answer <laughs> that question. <laughs> we just, we just schmear and, and, and broadcast. We'll get, maybe we'll get sued one day. Yeah, but what are they going to sue us for? Well, I don't know. I didn't do business and ethics, Jody. Business ethics. <laughs> I choose business ethics. Um, so as, as part of the quiz this week, I watched a video on Facebook and it was like all the AFL players sort of doing similar like the Dockers burning question thing. But um, they were getting asked what popular yet embarrassing trend have you been involved in or gotten caught up in so to put it in perspective like a bunch of players like who said it it was like heppel or someone was like oh the marble craze <laughs> in school I'm, they must be referring to like when you play marbles heaps some of yeah, them said played a bit of marbles. oh mate the marble craze was awesome um, some said blonde tips. A couple said Pokemon, which I think everyone got caught up in to some degree. A few said top knots. Um, like There'd be a lot that would say top knots. Hurley was sitting next to... Um, who's the guy that nearly came to Frio? The other big uh, Essendon player, uh, Kale Hooker. And Hurley was like, oh, I used to have a top knot and that was pretty bad. And then looked across, I was like, oh, hang on. <laughs> that was pretty good gags. Um, but then there was... Uh, three Dockers players on there. So, uh, Sonny Walters, Sandy, and Brad Hill. Um, <gasps> all of them had unique ones. Sandy was actually on there with uh, Brayshaw, but Brayshaw didn't tell us his embarrassing thing, probably because he's still, like, in the phase where you do embarrassing <laughs> things. <laughs> Sandy's, like, 37 or whatever. Um, so, what do you reckon Sonny Walters' embarrassing uh, trend that he got caught up in? I'll give you a hint. It's it's clothing related. Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna, oh, I was gonna say tattoos. Um, no, he's still caught up in that. And yeah, he's, he's not, still he's caught not up embarrassed in by that at all. I don't think. I'll go tight jeans. <laughs> Spot on. It is skinny leg <laughs> jeans. <laughs> oh, we so nervous during these quizzes. All right. So the next one. One from one. Next one's Sandy. Now I'll give you a hint with this one. It's it's to do with something he wore on his body. Oh, I don't know what would embarrass Sandy when he's that tall. Maybe, um, maybe a like a helmet, like a sports head. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's an earring. He reckons he had an earring back in the day. He had an earring. Yeah, that's what he said. That's unreal, oh. hey. <laughs> I thought maybe he had to run out with a concussion style padded helmet which he did have to do that for a while remember when he broke his face yeah um and so the final one is brad hill now the quiz that sorry the hint here is that it was a popular action done by a lot of people within the last two years oh it's pretty gay now oh the dab yeah dabbing So there you go, mate. There's a little little treat for you. I'll, I love those player videos. I'll um I'll try and hit you up with one of them each week because you don't really know anything else about footy. <laughs> Any important relevant soccer ones? I'm probably not no, going to be. But you'll get my pop favorite, culture ones, meme related. One of those was um uh the Kepler Bradley was on one. Yeah. Did Did you watch that one where they were asking Kepler Bradley about social media? What was he saying? He's like, oh, I don't have, don't have Facebook, don't have Instagram, don't have any of that. Still, still write letters. <laughs> yeah, good. Probably does too. He's a legend, actually. Oh yeah, probably Kepler. listens. Probably, probably is our number five listener. Oh, shout out Kepler. Cap. Um. All right, mate. Hit me with a numbers quiz. 
Moving on to our favourite part where we get into, we're going to run out of teams eventually for Juddy and his uh, ridiculous ability to name players based on their jersey number. Unfortunately, Juddy can't name players based on unrelated um, Stat stats. rankings, yeah. yeah. So, interestingly, because I had the stats up for the Dockers game, I had it ranked by disposals and it has one, Lockie Neal, two, David Mundy, three, Ed Langdon. And I've just been like quietly giggling to myself every time I look at it. Yeah, which she will find doesn't match their jersey number, Juddy. Yeah, well, um, we know that now, don't we? Unfortunately, but this week I was able to prepare before show and we're coming across North Melbourne. Oh, Ruse. Oh, there's a few tr- tricky ones in here, but I reckon I'll be okay. I find most teams would be tricky, but we'll get started. We'll start off with number 16. Sixteen is Thompson, I think, the defender. Scott Thompson, the man who famously got choked out by Barry Hall. Yeah. Number thirty. Oh. Wait, wait, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, hundred percent. Now we'll start moving through it numerically. Number one. Who's number one? Rose. What, is it a well-known player? He is, but not for he. Well, he is, but not for his ability. Like he's, especially after the last week, he's very well known. Oh, Big Majak. Oh, Big Majak. Is he number one? Wow. Yeah, yeah. he is. Cool, cool. Number four. Uh Higgy Wiggy. Number seven. Zebul. Number ten. Oh, Cunnington. Number, oh, all right, we'll give you a tricky one. Number 11. Um, I'm going to get that. 11. Uh, no, I don't know. Who is Luke McDonald. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have got that. There's heaps of players that are like similar. Like I wouldn't know, I think he'd probably be number 18 or something, but like Atley and Luke McDonald are the same person to me. Atley's number 18. Luke McDonald's played 90 games, though, so I'm a bit disappointed. I was hoping that he'd... Yeah, yeah, game. but he's still a I bit thought... of a no-namer. Supposing. Number 19. Number 19. What number's Swallow? No, that's not Swallow. Hmm. Any hints? I don't know these players. Well, you don't even know him. Um, no. No, I don't what, know. Do you want me to, I can click on his thing and tell you how tall he is. Yeah, I'd love to know how tall he is, actually. 188 centimetres, oh. played 126 games. He's from, I can't say his town name. He used to play for Murray Bush Rangers back in 2008. Murray Bush Rangers. Born on the 15th of the 7th, 1990. Number 19. What colour hair has he got? Black hair. Um, plays down back. Oh, mate. No, nah, don't know. Blanking. Sam Sam Wright. Oh, boo and... No. Nah. Sam oh. Wright. That was an easy one. Number 22. Scott Thornton. No. <laughs> um, 22, I should be able to get. Um, how tall is he? Tall? Yeah. How tall? Massive. Oh, he's huge. Oh, Goldie. Yeah, Toddy Goldstein. Number 25. That is another... It wasn't his brother, but we also played him down back. Should have played up forward. It was pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarrant. Robbie. Yep, number 30. Uh, you've asked me that already. That's weight. Yeah, just getting your confidence up. I had number 32. Uh, Peter Bell. Um, height no oh I love actually no 32 is wood yeah big bad Mason Wood I love Mason Wood I reckon he's a gun last two number 50 oh yeah easy big brown and then number 39 Is that the guy from Hawks? Yeah, it is. Uh, um, Hartung. 
Billy Hartung. Hart- well done, Daddy. Hartung in it, yep. I can't believe he plays for North Melbourne now. I think he's a really good player. He's not bad. He's really quick. And then Hawks just dropped him. Dropped like, him like he's hot. Yeah. And then he had to get, like, rookie drafted across to the North. And now he plays most games, I think. Um, sweet. Good on good on North. They're doing really good, but they're, they've got a terrible list just looking through it. Um, yeah, but they've got, like, a a quite old list. Like, it's they're not young players. Everyone thought they were nah. going to be terrible because they're so young, but they're not. Um, all right. Well, why don't we use this week's game as a segue into talking about some tribunal issues? So, oh yeah, this week we'll at least have to make one change, possibly another one if um, Darcy comes up too sore. So, um, poor old Ryan Nyhouse does a pretty good job in the game, I think. But apart from a slightly over-aggressive tackle that, in the end, copped way more heat than it should have, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was terrible to see Gray get injured, and I don't want to see that. But he was slung to the ground with an arm free, um, and people are coming out like, you know, Nighthouse was told to go do that, to injure him. And I feel like the the backlash was outrageous compared to the action. If you watch it in real time, and people were calling for like six weeks and you know ten weeks, and he can't serve his ban until um, Gray's playing or something like that. It's like okay, well that's not a rule, but anyway. Um, I don't know. Do you think three weeks is fair? I think we were talking three weeks, about that. Three weeks is ridiculous. Two two to three weeks, I was expecting. Um, but people were saying, like, it's four locked, four plus minimum. I was like, Pfft. if that was not Ryan Nyhouse, a no-name WA player, he'd probably get two. Okay, there's two. There's number one reason why that isn't three weeks. He lays the exact same tackle and the outcome changes, and the outcome can change so quickly, and, you know, he can he can move his weight in one direction, one the other. Robbie Gray can change his reaction, yeah, his which, which Nyhouse... So Nyhouse can't predict his reaction. Robbie Gray reacts differently to that tackle, doesn't get concussed. It's and it, the same, it's the same and it's action. A free, it's a free kick and nothing more, yeah. And it's holding the ball and it's game on. How is Nyhouse meant to predict the action of him to prevent that's what I I don't mind protecting players but you need to a suspension has to change the way so the game's safer like you have to sanction to make and th- that's not changing he's not going to change the way he plays he's not going to be able to he can't Nyhouse can't predict what he's going to do and how he's going to react to his tackle I just think it's ridiculous that he gets three weeks um you know, it's just it's t- one to two max was what I was expecting. I, three weeks. I would have liked is, one to two, but one, three weeks but you have to give for something that's bad. purely intentional. Yeah, and and you've made a bad decision to hurt a player in any shape or form. But I think the the, him, the the controversy often comes around people being like, you have to punish the action, not the outcome. I think the outcome's important, but outcome, I yeah. think the the uh, I, I don't know how to how to get it in, but I think some sort of grading for the risk that your action could have caused damage. So pinning the arms and slamming the head into the ground versus how Nighthouse tackled are two very different things. However, I feel like they were graded the same. Like the risk of him causing a concussion with that tackle was a lot less than if he had pinned both arms and slammed him into the ground. However, I feel like they both would have gotten three weeks if he had to pin both arms or not. So I think they don't take into account whether the action was unlucky to cause that injury or whether it was definitely going to cause that injury or possibly way worse. If, yeah. if that tackle had happened in the middle of the ground with 10 players around it, people scrapping at Robbie Gray, would yeah. it have been graded the same? No. No. This is what... And if it wasn't Robbie Gray, it probably wouldn't have gotten that big of attention as well. Like, say, Dougal Howard got tackled. And who is Dougal Howard, you say? I agree. It just... It's... 
it's not, there's not enough common sense applied and they put the outcome based is so important because players getting concussed is no one wants to see that and no player regardless of the result and how Robbie Gray was important to that result his long term future is, is far more important than four points mm. like don't don't get me wrong like he, yeah. he shouldn't be going out I don't you know, think any players have done that since like the late 80s maybe early yeah. 90s yeah. I'm not trying to say he should harden up and play on but I just think that it's too it just looked bad because it was one-on-one on the wing. The boundary line was involved. It was taken over the boundary line. Yeah. Um, and I just think I wonder that if that's different if Gray doesn't drop the ball. Uh, it's just too... Like, if Gray still had the ball, then, like, oh, I don't know. Who knows? Well, let, let's but leave it there. Should, I think we could talk we, about we this. We will leave day. it. My only thing that... Every tribunal decision should benefit the game and make the game change. But yeah. Nyhouse isn't going to tackle any different, no. and you can't tell me you can't tell me he is. So what's the point in giving him three weeks? Yeah, oh yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, should, we, can, we can discuss the, the real MRP in in depth as for for many hours and still not get anywhere. I think the fake MRP is where it's at. But I don't have one this week. I don't know if you do. I yeah no not this week. Right, we'll, last we'll, week we'll, get but... we'll get them next week. Right, we'll move so into what, the big Essendon game. Yeah, what do you reckon? So Saturday night at Etihad. It'd be nice to play in some nice conditions after the sweat fest and then the slop fest. Oh, mate, shut that roof up. Shut that roof up now. Yeah, it's going to be cold over there too. Um, also, 2.35 on a Saturday afternoon. You're just winding the clock back 24 hours from your shitty 2.40 Sunday viewing. Well, for you, yeah, but I'll be over there. It'll be 4.40 or whatever. It's like a Twilight game. Oh. It's the dream, mate. Essendon, uh. I, Essendon sitting 12th. It's 12th versus 13th, which is surreal. Yeah, you wouldn't. If you were to look at that game um, properly, you wouldn't be like, this is 12th versus 13th. You'd be like, that's a team pushing for finals versus Freo. We've run. We've won three of our last five. They've won four of their last five. It's a twelfth versus thirteenth blockbuster. How's if we had beaten Brisbane, we'd be even on points with Adelaide and Essendon, and one game out of eighth position. <laughs> it that's it. It's unreal. Essendon, the whole. I've said it all season. How good I thought Essendon the top four potential. Their list. Um, very dangerous good they've got a great midfield um very dangerous uh i don't think they have a great midfield actually i think they have good key tools in certain positions but i think they probably were relying on like you know someone like um uh god the big tall guy that got injured that's um kicking a bag and those sort of things danaher danaher yeah i think Probably where they've come together is um, playing as a team, transitioning the ball well, pressuring well, like doing all the team things rather than just needing Danaher to kick a bag to win. Um, and maybe him going out of the team was good for that. Um, they've got some, like Heppel's a good player. Uh, Zach Merritt's a really good player. Devin Smith's a really good player. Um, uh, McGrath. Fantasia. Yeah. Arrazio. Is pretty good, but apart from that, they're not that deep. Um, Hurley is a good backman slash forward. Hooker is a good, you know, swing man on his day. Saad can take the game on. Stringer is probably the dumbest player in the AFL, but can turn it on when he needs to. He's out. Is he out? Oh, good. Mm. Um, Tip and Woody can do some good things, but he's had a quiet year. Chicken um, curry. Man, they don't. <laughs> Anthony, so how's my mate is in a tipping comp called Anthony McDonald tipping footy. <laughs> get around, fantastic. Get around it. Um, but yeah, I think they don't have that good a team across their list, but they've played a lot better team footy recently. So I think, I don't know, if we bring our pressure game, I'll be, if we bring our effort and pressure game, I'll be happy. If we can kick, you know, over 70, 80 points, I'd be really happy. Um, and who knows if we kick eighty points plus, we probably could could nab it. One thing I will say about 
um, especially what happened on the weekend and what we said about Brisbane was when the boys went down a few goals, the shock and horror of it all set in. But on the weekend, it seemed like against Port, after half time when we were in it and about, yeah, they were kind of like, well, we're here now, like we're in it, we've got nothing to lose, like top four team were expected to go down. Hopefully against Essendon, you know, we get a bit Similar of a sniff thing. in the first quarter, we get a bit of sniff in the second, we just start to not relax, but I felt like against Brisbane, it was like a world of pressure, like they were expected to win. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and that got built up, and when we went down by a few, it just compounded yeah. in a way. Whereas I hope we travel, we go away, we start positively, and we just kind of, we didn't start that well against Port, but we fought our way into the match. We ground it, yeah. We grounded out, and hopefully they just get, you know, just, just to be in it in Melbourne. You we know, didn't start it, terribly against Port, to be fair. Both teams were grinding away, and I think the first goal was scored you know, after five or ten minutes and then it was a pretty bit weird snap and then we scored a goal as well. So it was like, all right, this is a bit of a stalemate quarter, which I think yeah. suits us, whereas we can't handle the, you know, concede four goals in four minutes off four shots and suddenly it's like, well, they've stopped trying. It's like, no, nah, this is over. Yeah. We need to be in at quarter time. It's very important that not just to get a sniff, but they, you know, the young players to just to play if they get blown out of the water in the first quarter it's obviously massive mentally to come back from that um, yeah. you can't expect players to you know a bit of shell shock and stuff like that as always I think we say it most rounds um, that first quarter is so so important especially travelling away yeah well look this week I have my eye my little eye on Brennan Cox kicking a few goals I reckon three, three plus that's a pretty big bag to travel with. Yeah, I reckon he can do it. A big uh, cock. Well, huge cock dead eye. and massive dick. Huge cock. Your big dead eye. <laughs> big dead eye. Better dead eye cocks. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to see Brad Hill. You're loving Brad Hill. What do you want him? Yeah. Under the roof, he should be frothing. He was awesome um, on the weekend. Just to see him running around again. Yeah. And playing back, playing not injured. Um, you forget how how much work he does. Yeah. He didn't have that much of an impact, but at the game, it's he's crazy to watch. Um, he still had mid twenties touches. He did he did well on the weekend. I thought. Um, yeah, he, did, he he far out. He put some effort in. Um, well, how about how about if Big Cox gets four, three or four, and uh, Big Brad Hill gets twenty five and five hundred meters gained. That'd be pretty sweet. Hey, pencil that in. Um, <laughs> Lock. <laughs> I think in. if we we, we got to get try and get within 20, 30 points though, I'd be very flat if we don't. I'd love a little sniff late in the third, early in the fourth too. Just want a little. Oh, just to get you're travelling down to Melbourne to watch them. I think the boys owe it to you. Yeah, I think so for Jaddy. Mm. <laughs> so for all the Dockers. Uh, listening to this week's episode, get around it for Juddy. Pass a message on to the boys. Yeah, cheers, cheers, boys. Fifey, if you want to come on the show, you can. <laughs> Anytime. All right. On that note, mate. Thanks very much, everybody. And uh, thanks. Looking forward to next week after a big win in Melbourne. All right. Thank you, Juddy. Good night. Cheers, mate. Bye.